Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you for joining us here at Modern Homemakers. I'm Donna Otto, and I'm delighted to be with you. Some months ago, we started a show called Thought This Was a Throwaway. Now, in my work, I get a nugget of information, and some of you have been around long enough to hear me take a nugget and expand it way too far, but the nugget is so good, I want to be sure it gets out here in the airwaves. So we began this show called Thought This Was a Throwaway, and when you hear that title, you are going to know that in today's Thought This Was a Throwaway, there are three separate thoughts. They, they're not connected necessarily, but they are thoughts that I think are important enough for you to hear them. The first thing is endurance. And we recently did a YouTube. Thank you for those of you who have subscribed and watched it. We did it to send to a group of women who are in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hi to Raleigh. We put together just an eight or nine minute video, which you can look at on YouTube. The subject of that was endurance. And how I got to endurance was repeated questions during the pandemic. What do you think could be different in my life, in my family's life, in this culture's life? And I kept coming to that single word. We could be a more enduring nation. I could be a more enduring person. I could have endurance to get through it. And I was recently moving some of my dear uh, favorite books, Elizabeth Elliot books, and many years ago she did a book that was a part of her Gateway to Joy radio broadcast, and it was an alphabetical index of thoughts and words. And here are a few things from Elizabeth on enduring. First, she went to Psalm 138.8. The Lord will fulfill his purposes for me. O Lord, Lord, O Lord endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. I messed that so badly. Let's try it one more time. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hand. And I was just struck with that passage, that rendition of it, because it is a matter of believing that his love does endure forever, which gives me the strength to have endurance. And we went to the passage in Hebrews where he talks about endurance, endurance and then he ends up by saying, the yield of endurance is the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So endurance. And then... Elizabeth has a quote from one of her own books, Keep a Quiet Heart, and it's a paragraph, and I'm going to read it. One of the nicest things any of the listeners to my broadcast, Gateway to Joy, has written to me came from a little girl. The little girl said, you make me brave. Isn't that tender? Sometimes I wonder what has happened to words like courage and endurance. What reason is there in our feel-comfortable society ever to be brave? Very little. When you think about it, we miss it, don't we? 
To be really brave is to lay oneself down to changes of hypocrisy, of being in denial, or out of touch with one's feelings. Moses charged Joshua to be strong and very courageous. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the willingness to do the thing we fear, go straight into the furnace or the lion's den. Were those men out of touch with their feelings or reality? No, nor was the psalmist who said, when I am afraid, I will trust. There's a big difference between feeling and willing. Now, those words are just typical Elizabeth Elliot words. Remember that she is the woman who died nearly six years ago, whose husband in the second year of their marriage was speared to death by the Alca Indians in Ecuador. After she came home and made burial arrangements and gathered her skirts, so to speak, she took her then three-and-a-half-year-old daughter to the exact same jungle, the exact same tribe that had killed her husband. It was a mandate of forgiveness. It was also a mandate to finish the work that Jim and the men had begun there. So she is a brave woman. She knows what courage looks like. She knows what being willing to go out into the woods, literally, when you are afraid. So that's my first thought. This was a throwaway. The second is the wisdom of physical habits. I was with someone recently who defined the pandemic in these three words. At the end of the pandemic, you were hunk, chunk, or drunk. <laughs> I thought that is really memorable, isn't it? And Hunk was the guy who got out and did all the exercise and walked and ran and did everything to get out of the house and get straight. Chunk, mm, most of us know what that is. I'm still looking at the pounds I chunked up with during pandemic. And drunk is very clearly, by statistics, shown to us that we had a lot more to drink at the grocery stores while the bars were closed the grocery stores grew greater and greater in need of more alcohol. So whether you're hung, chunk, or drunk, exercising for life is really an important part of our lives. And the proverb says to us, listen, my son, and be wise. Keep your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. The Proverbs can get you, can't they? They come right to your heart. Uh, not join those who drink too much or gorge themselves on meat. And I think, I never think of myself as gluttonous until there's a beautiful steak in front of me and it's really too much for one meal. And then I think, yeah, I can do the whole steak. So what does the wisdom of physical habit how much value is it? How much value does this verse of physical training found in First Timothy, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. But he does tell us that physical training has some value. So you don't want to be a hunk and overdo it, but you also want to be wise and participate in taking care of your body. In order to be wise, this verse commands me to not join with drunkards or gluttons. Proverbs also said, if you find honey, eat just enough. Too much of it, and you will vomit. Now, 
I can honestly tell you, I have never eaten so much that I vomited, but I have eaten so much that I wanted to vomit. I, I wanted to know how to get that back out of my system because I would just... And the, the thing about my physicality feeling it, it does something with my brain. It messes with my mind by why did I eat that much? Why couldn't I leave it? I, I put it in the freezer, but then I remembered it was there and went back and got to eat the rest of it. So that verse says to us that we're not to eat too much honey. And the response in the Proverbs is, better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fattened calf with hatred. This verse tells us that vegetables are sometimes better than meat. So it's a simple wisdom to us that we are to eat more vegetables, more fruits, 25% of our diet should be at least protein. The old days, we, we factored into 15% fat, and then we went through a period in our country that fat was out, fat is back in, certainly carbs and sugars we have to be careful for. Do you have a wisdom of physical habits in your own life? And as you age, will that stay with you? Are you overdoing something to your body in youth that you can do that you may pay for as you age? So I encourage you, there is a wisdom of physical habits, both exercise and eating. And the last thing I want to chat with you for a minute about is something I heard and had some reflection on, and that was, what is the spiritual implication or practice of remembering? Now, we've done a lot of work in the ministry of creating memories that will create bonds for our future, and it's an important thing, and often left to the mother, the woman who manages the calendar, who remembers the birthdays. A young friend said to me just today that this was their first Easter without their children, which meant there weren't any baskets and any egg hunts and all the things that children bring. But that memory of having it, both for the parents and for the children that they provided for, lingers with them. So what is the spiritual implication? And I think the spiritual implication is that when we have a memory, both sour or sweet, it's a very good thing to pause and meditate on it, reflect on it, just have some memorization of what was your impression. Now, you know we're all in the same event and we all see it differently, but it is important for you to remember it. I especially think that drawing our attention to times when we are in need and God sends to us. You know, how many times have you said, I opened my Bible not to read this verse, but to go to a passage and it dropped in front of me. The act of remembering that that was a spiritual moment for you is really essential to the future of your faith. And what we remember affects us. Did you want me to say that again? I, I need to say that to myself many times. What we remember affects us. And when I get in the mully grubs, my husband will attest to this, and I keep remembering the sour, the difficult, the painful, and I perseverate on it. That 
is not a healthy position in. Does it mean that I deny it? No, it doesn't. Because the past is essential to our walk of faith. The past is essential to the present and the future of our walk of faith. So we have to get a balance about this memory, about what we remember, how we perseverate, how we make it a practice of remembering, but not indulging so much in the memory that we say, I wish that would happen again. I wish I was a mother of a brand new two-year-old. When my daughter is 50, these are the kinds of things we have to take into our selves and commune with God about, but sort of draw our attention to the fact that there is a spiritual implication of remembering. We're going to hear from a couple soon um, who have a lot of sour things to remember. A period in their life when they went through a most difficult difficult, what many believed could never be resolved situation. I'm here to tell you that it was resolved. So how do you communicate with someone you're close to, you've had a bad instance with, you look at them and you remember that and they don't remember that? Well, I think that's the spiritual implication. It says to God, I remember when I hold it with you, Lord, but I'm not holding it against whatever the time was. Memory, I think, requires a community. As I thought about the words I was listening to, I thought, oh, memory is about community. My husband and I have been in a number of small groups, and we, whenever we're together with those couples, we, there's, there's always some little reminiscent about it. Remember the boat trip we took down the Colorado River? Oh, yeah, it was such hard work. And the women were doing all the cooking, and, 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 and you fell off the jet ski, and everybody laughs. There's, a, there's something about the community who remembers with you, and the community that's close to you remembers what really happened. They can talk history from what was reality, not from what you felt. I think that righteousness is a lot about remembering the thousands of choices that we had and the ones that we made and the love and reverence for the things that God allowed us to do. History is written by the victors. History is contested. We are seeing history contested all the time. But it is not only written by the victors, it is told to those who want to be victorious. I know that is the desire of our heart, and I don't want you to spend your life thinking about the implications of remembering. But if you're in a struggle right now and remembering things you'd rather let go, or you're having a hard time remembering the good times when these are hard times, I would just encourage you to recognize that there is a spiritual implication in this act of remembering. Well, I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. We're so glad you were with us today. Remember, the website has all sorts of um, resources, some free, some for purchase. It sings and dances for you, and it's there to encourage you as a, a woman, a wife, a mother, and a homemakers. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of wisdom in physical habits.